Bible Interact is a group of Bible scholars and biblical archaeologists who promote the Hebraic nature of Scripture and view the two Testaments as one unified message. They explain how they use a first-century approach to searching the Scriptures, and they share their methods and discoveries for discussion and dialogue. They invite your comments and participation on BibleInteract.tv, where you can also find more teachings, self-study quizzes, webinars, and interviews. Shalom and welcome to Bible Interact Presents. I'm Dr. Noreen Jacks with another lesson concerning the ancient traditions of the Hebrew Scriptures. Many Christians read the Bible faithfully, but with little or no knowledge of the customs of the day, particularly of the rich traditions concerning the religious rituals and annual festival observances. The more background one has of these ancient practices, the better he will understand the scriptures. Today our topic of discussion is the mezuzah. And we will discuss the regulations concerning mezuzah, whether or not there should be a literal or figurative interpretation of mezuzah, whether Christians should mount mezuzah, and we'll talk about the Shema prayer, which has long been the anchor of Judaic life, even to our present day. And the Shema prayer is included, is placed into the case of the mezuzah, so that's why it's important that we discuss that today. The purpose of this lesson is to make known the religious and cultural practices of the Hebrew scriptures and the Jewish people and to promote respect and knowledge for these traditions. We'll begin with what is mezuzah for the sake of those who may not be familiar with this term. Mezuzah is a small handwritten script placed inside a decorative case and affixed to the doorpost of many Jewish homes. The case is not the actual mezuzah, however, although it is sometimes referred to as such. The term mezuzah is derived from the Hebrew word for doorpost. The doorpost was the place where the blood was applied during the first Passover in Exodus 12, verse 7. The doorpost was the place where the bondservant had his ear pierced in Exodus 21, 6. The doorpost was the place where covenant rituals were performed in the ancient world. And the mezuzah is a reminder for God's people to keep his law and to remember his protection. Now the Shema prayer is recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 to 9. This is the command for mezuzah. Shema means to hear, but it has with it the connotation of listening and obeying, which are far different from merely listening. Shema is the first word of the passage. That's why it is known as the Shema. The prayer is also known as Shema Yisrael, meaning hear, O Israel. Uh, it is the most important prayer in Judaism. It is recited twice daily. The Shema is the first prayer an observant Jewish mother teaches her children, and it is the last prayer a Jew recites before death. The Shema is an affirmation of the monotheistic belief in one God, the Lord is one. From Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4-9, now we read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house 
and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. The binding of the law on the forehead or arm refers to tefillin, small black leather pouches that also contain passages of scripture, including the Shema. We'll save the discussion of tefillin for another time. For now, we'll discuss the regulations concerning mezuzah. Amazingly, there are 4,600 critical laws concerning the preparation of the mezuzah, almost as many laws as the entire Jewish Bible, the Tanakh. The exacting laws concerning the copying of scriptures have kept the Bible textually pure through the millennia. I discussed this recently in my broadcast on the Masoretic Scribes. Perhaps some of you heard that broadcast. The Shema prayer contains only 713 letters, yet, as I said, it is governed by 4,600 critical laws. Amazing. The words must be expertly written on 22 lines of a tiny scroll of specially prepared parchment that is inserted into the mezuzah case. Only prescribed ink and the quill from a clean fowl may be used. The formula for ink is comprised of vinegar, oil, water, soot from an oil lamp, honey, and gall nuts, which are small hard lumps created when certain insects bore into wood. The first word, Shema, appears on the top of the folded parchment. The scroll must be written on kosher animal skins by a sofer, a prescribed scribe. The complete scroll is rolled from left to right because Hebrew is read from right to left. The scroll is then placed in a protective case to fulfill the mitzvah, to fulfill the law. The letter Sheen is written on the outside of the case. Unlike Torah, the Shema may be written from memory. I discussed the regulations of writing the sacred text and the production of ink and parchment in more detail in my broadcast on the Masoretic Scribes, and I have more information on this subject available from BibleInteract.com and BibleInteract TV. Now let's discuss the cost of mezuzah. Some mezuzot, which is the plural form of the term, are simple in design, whereas others are elaborately decorated. Kosher scrolls and cases can cost several hundred dollars. Mezuzot are frequently given as wedding gifts, and I would say that's a very practical gift, since a mezuzah is affixed to every door in the homes of observant Jews. The souvenir mezuzot that uh, one sees in the gift shops in Israel do not necessarily meet orthodox requirement because they have not been prepared in the prescribed manner by authorized sofarim. Let's talk about the historical use of mezuzot. We know from the Jewish historian Josephus that mezuzots were commonly used during the time of Yeshua. Quoting from his book, The Antiquities, Chapter 4, we read that the Jews are also to inscribe the principal blessings they have received from God upon their doors. Mezuzot have been unearthed at Qumran, where it, appear, where it appears the Essenes also practiced the commands. 
And the Samaritans in Israel place mezuzot stones bearing the words of the Ten Commandments near their doorways. This would be reminiscent of Threshold Covenant, another topic um, I've discussed extensively, available at BibleInteract.com and BibleInteract.tv. Now, does the mitzvah, the command of mezuzah, have a literal or figurative interpretation? A debate ensues concerning the mind of God in this matter. And that is always what our goal must be, to seek the mind of God, not the mind of someone else, not our personal opinion or anyone else's opinion. What does God have to say in the matter? And sometimes it's a little ambiguous. And that's why we continue praying and seeking revelation. Some argue that the mitzvah has always been subject to metaphorical interpretation. This is the idea of hiding God's word in one's heart. This school of thought implies that the mezuzah is not necessary. Some rabbinical scholars insist the mitzvah was observed literally in ancient days to counteract the pagan practice of placing magical amulets on or near the door to protect against demons. Once again, that ancient tradition was part of the ritual of Threshold Covenant. The mezuzah, however, is not a good luck charm. It was a command of God. Mezuzah um, was... Um, we read about it again in Deuteronomy 11, verses 13 to 21, which describes the blessings, curses, and warnings associated with the laws of God, including the regulations of Mezuzah. First, the blessing. It shall come about, if you listen obediently to my commandments, which I am commanding you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul, that he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early and late rain, that you may gather in your grain and your new wine and your oil. And he will give grass in your fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. This is a wonderful blessing that God promised his people. However, there's a warning. God's blessings are always conditional. The warning in verse 16 begins, Beware that your hearts are not deceived, and that you do not turn away and serve other gods and worship them. Now here comes the curse in the next verse. Or the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens so there will be no rain, and the ground will not yield its fruit, and you will perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. Now, what do these commands, curses, and warnings have to do with Mezuzah? Obedience to the law was so critical that God gave the following commands concerning Mezuzah and Tephilim as reminders. Continuing in the next verse of the same passage, we read, You shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul. This is a figurative application. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. This refers to Tephilim. The question is, what about this command for Tephilim? Is it literal or figurative? As I said, the debate continues. We will not resolve it today. Now let's look at the command in verse 19. You shall teach them to your sons talking to them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you rise up. 
My friends, this is how we should live every single day of our lives, teaching our children and our grandchildren the ways of God continually. In verse 20, we read, You shall write the words on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. This speaks of mezuzah. Once again, we have the question, is this command literal or figurative? And finally, in verse 21, another blessing. So that your days and the days of your sons may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens remain above the earth. Regardless of a figurative or literal interpretation of the mitzvah, the people of God were commanded to obey him and to remember all that he had done with them throughout their history. Let's talk now for a few moments about affixing and caring for the mezuzah. A brief ceremony known as Hanukkah Habait, meaning dedication of the house, is performed just before a mezuzah is affixed to the entry door. The mezuzah is nailed at shoulder height at an angle pointing towards the entrance. Rabbinical authorities could not decide whether mezuzah should be placed vertically or horizontally, so they compromised and put it at an angle. We've all heard the stories, two rabbis, three opinions, and the same can be said for most Bible scholars. Silence is observed while the mezuzot are being affixed to the remaining doors. Interruptions are not permitted during this time. This is a sacred time between all the members of the household and Almighty God. Now, harsh elements may cause deterioration to the letters that are on the outside of the door, the front door to the house, so the scrolls are subject to periodic inspections by an authorized sofer twice in seven years, as well as at the time of purchase. It is recommended that qualified scribes should oversee the purchase of mezuzah to assure authenticity. Preventative maintenance then assures a kosher mezuzah with no loss of divine blessing. Now, where does one attach mezuzot? Apart from the front door, mezuzot is attached to all doors in the home, including the garage and any enclosed space or hallway, or a large walk-in closet that measures at least six and a half square feet. Bathrooms and rooms used for unclean purposes, however, are exempt from the law of mezuzah. The doors of Jewish-owned businesses must also have a mezuzah affixed to them. Mezuzot are commonly seen on the doorposts of public buildings and synagogues. Personally, I feel it's a joy to see the mezuzot on the hotel rooms in Israel when I'm visiting there. And following the Six-Day War in 1967, the city gates of Jerusalem were affixed with large mezuzot when the city came under Israeli control after nearly 2,000 years of Gentile occupation. Prophecy was being fulfilled. I would urge you to take notice of these large mezuzot on your next trip to Israel. And... Contact us at BibleInteract.com if you'd ever like to join one of our tours. We would love to take you to the Holy Land. Now, when to affix mezuzah. The mezuzah should be affixed within 30 days after occupation. All mezuzot must be removed when one moves out unless an observant Jewish family will be occupying the home. 
the removal prevents disrespect or desecration of mesozoite. So this is a very important step to remove the mesozoite before moving. The mesozoite is not just a religious symbol. It contains the precious word of Almighty God. Mezuzah reminds the occupant of the home that Yahweh, or Hashem, as he is known in Judaism, meaning the name, that Yahweh, or Hashem, is Lord over the home, and all who enter the home come into his divine presence and should behave in accordance with his divine laws. The following prayer is recited by observant Jews as they enter and depart their homes. May God guard my going out and my coming in now and forever. When one acknowledges the Lord by touching and kissing the mezuzah as he enters and leaves his home, he invites the presence of God to be with him continually. This is a beautiful practice. The ritual reminds the Jews to honor the laws of God, not only in his home, but when he's out in the world. God-fearing Jews touched the mezuzah reverently and kissed the fingers that touched it. All associated ritual is an expression of love and respect for Almighty God and for His laws. The name of God is written on the back of the mezuzah. We have the letters Shin, Dalit, and Yud, spelling Shaddai, which is one of the many names of God. Shaddai means God of the mountain, the idea of the strong and mighty God. This is the same root as the term breast, the concept of God as the intimate nurturer of his people. The letters are also an acrostic for the phrase Shomer Daltot Israel, meaning guardian or keeper of the doors of Israel. This is a very powerful concept. This is very comforting. The word Shomer is to guard, and it has the idea of an armed soldier guarding his post, or as a believer would guard the sacred biblical traditions. For example, one who is a Shomer, Shomer Shabbat guards the traditions of Shabbat. Some believe the observance of mezuzah adds to the protection of all people. I take great comfort knowing that Almighty God is my guardian, Almighty God and his heavenly angels. There's a special blessing for mezuzah that is very beautiful. Um, it is, Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, ruler of the universe who sanctifies us with holy commandments and commands us to fix mezuzah. The door place, the doorpost rather, in ancient times was a place of obedience and covenant. Exodus 12 verse 7 reads, Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the house in which they eat it. And then the death angel, remember he came and struck down the firstborn in all homes to which the blood had not been, imply, been applied at the time of the exodus. The doorpost was the place also where the bondservant committed his life to his master, even though he had earned his freedom. This is recorded in Exodus chapter 21, verses 5 and 6. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out as a free man. Then his master shall bring him to God, and then he shall bring him to the door of the doorpost, 
and his master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him permanently. The piercing of the servant's ear was a voluntary act of submission to the master. The servant was then permanently earmarked as the master's personal property. This passage speaks of lifelong commitment and the need for us to have our ears open to the words of God and for our hearts to be committed to him. Our ears must hear and they must also listen and obey the word of the Lord. Hearing and listening, as I mentioned, are not the same as obeying. It seems from the Hebrew scriptures that the doorpost is a place of listening and commitment. This encourages us, exhorts us, not to turn a deaf ear to the word of God. We must listen and respond appropriately. Now here's another question for you. This comes up from time to time. Should Christians mount mezuzah on their doorpost? I came across some interesting information from Rabbi Jeffrey Goldwasser. And he was asked this question and he said, Non-Jews are not obligated to mount mezuzah. And he states that it's not good to imitate the observances of another religion, that the presence of a mezuzah on a house is a declaration of a Jewish home, and it could be construed as a false declaration. So he suggested asking Jewish friends for their opinion. Now here's another opinion from another rabbi responding to a similar question. He encouraged a man to mount a framed copy of the Shema inside his front door. Well, at first I thought that sounded like a wonderful idea, until I remembered that the blood of the lamb had to be applied to the outside of the door during the first Pesach, the first Passover, in order for the death angel to see it and spare the life of the firstborn. If the blood were applied on the inside of the door, the residents in that household would have been out of luck. Why is this? Because the mezuzah is a symbol of the blood covenant. Therefore, it belongs on the outside of the door. So the debate continues on and on, and God's people must be willing to disagree agreeably while we seek his wisdom from scripture. What can Christians learn from the laws concerning mezuzah? Mezuzah on the doorpost of the house reminds believers of the necessity of listening to the holy commandments of God. Christians are not lawfully obligated to fulfill the commands concerning mezuzah in the literal sense, but we are required to fulfill them spiritually. We must be continually aware of the word of God, and we must walk in obedience to his statutes. We are also obligated to teach our children the ways of God. We must remind them regularly of the joys of obeying God's holy word, and we must warn them of the perils of rebellion. We cannot mince words with them. Believers in Yeshua are divinely protected by his blood covenant, his sacrificial death on the cross, and his glorious resurrection. Share that joy with your children. The Bible is our daily reminder to follow the commands of God. We must keep the sacred words of, of Mezuzah in our hearts always. And this is your reminder also to check us out at BibleInteract.com and BibleInteract TV. 
and sign up with us to go on one of our trips as we would love to have you if you've never been to the Holy Land you're really missing a great opportunity it makes the Bible become like a pop-up book it's the most exciting place in the world to visit and I hope you will have the opportunity soon if you have not already done so I do hope and pray that this lesson on the mezuzah has given you insight concerning um, the Old Testament particularly for those of you who have not studied the Old Testament in any depth, that is our purpose at Bible Interact, that we become students of the Old Testament as well as the New, and that we'll bring glory to God as we share His Word with you. And then we pray in turn that you will share it with others. And in parting now, I want to say to you the blessing of the mezuzah that I pray over you and your household. May God guard your going out and your coming in now and forever. And I truly mean that with my heart and soul. And I pray that you will play that, pray that beautiful prayer, very simple prayer for others. And that you will be that shining light in your neighborhood, trusting God in every circumstance of your life. Until we meet again, I urge you to stay in the word and bless the Lord. Shalom.